0: Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. When Jen and I first got married, uh, I remember moving into this 600 square foot uh, kind of back house apartment thing. And we like made our the purchase of our first TV. It's one of like those big square silver ones that like weighed more than I did. And we uh, we didn't have enough money for like like a proper TV stand. This is obviously before you could mount anything. And so we just like flip our box over, put a blanket over it, and put the TV on top. And and then we're like trying to figure out we couldn't afford cable. And it was right around the time that like these smart antennas came up, again, way before like smart TVs. And so it was a way to like get channels without buying cable. And so I was like, sick, it's 60 bucks. We have we have the the main channels. So we go and purchase it, plug it in, and it's not really working. And we start doing the whole like move around the room. Some of you guys might remember this. And we found that if we like draped the the antenna, like, 10 feet away from the tv over our curtain rods our metal curtain rods by the back window we would get the best channels um and so every time friends would come over we would want to watch a show we would had to pull out the antenna drape this wire over and 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 like over the curtain rod 10 feet away and it was just this like hodgepodge thing just trying uh to be able to watch whatever uh we were going to watch and And that that image came to my mind this week because we're going to be starting a new collection of talks around hearing the voice of God. And there is this, uh, I think there's this innate desire with every human being to connect with God and to hear His voice. And whether you are um, someone who's followed Jesus for a while, whether you're a skeptic, an atheist, there's something in us that wants to connect with the divine. And what's amazing about the Christian faith is we see a God presented in the scriptures as a personal God who speaks all throughout. As a matter of fact, it's really the first act we see God doing is speaking. And we see him speak to kind of some significant figures throughout the Old Testament, obviously to the authors of those books, we see him show up in the person of Jesus talking through the Holy Spirit. But there's this thing inside of us that is always trying to tune the, the frequency to, to, to get a, a clarifying sound. What is God saying? Is God saying something? Does God speak? And so, over the next few weeks, we're going to hopefully address that. And so, as we look at the frequency, as we tune in our heart and our ears uh, to what God is saying, I thought we could begin with a very famous prayer. matter of fact, the most famous prayer um, of all the Hebrew Bible, which is our Old Testament. And it's a prayer called the Shema. And Shema got its name from the first word of this prayer that begins with, Hear, O Israel. And the word hear or listen, is the word Shema. So I wanted to read that scripture to us today. And, and I want us to take note of something. Uh, this passage, this prayer of Shema, is something that is still prayed today by Jewish people. And it's the centerpiece prayer for the morning and the evening. This was the prayer that would, Jesus would have prayed. This is also the prayer that shaped Uh, the great commandment that Jesus presented when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he would start by reciting the beginning of the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so you'll see that woven into this passage. Now later on, uh, Judaism brought in these other elements into the Shema, uh, beyond the kind of the original text of Deuteronomy 6. Uh, But for today, we're just going to look at Deuteronomy 6, kind of the beginning passage and what it says. Um, And so as I read this, um, it's going to be on the screen, I would encourage you, read this along with me. It was meant to be recited in community, out loud, often. So it says this, Hear, O Israel, Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love. The Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. If you go to... Many Jewish homes today, you will see a small container on their door frame. And in there, there's a small scroll of the Shema. Uh, if you go to Israel and you see Orthodox Jews, you'll see, again, a small box on their head when it is the Shema. They, they take this very literally. When you rise up, when you talk to your children, when you go on walks, recite this, remember this, hear, listen. And so I thought this is a great place for us to begin as a church as we dive into the subject of hearing God is what would have not only shaped much of the Bible, but Jesus' prayer life was this prayer, obviously inspired by, by God himself. But in order to understand what it means, we have to look at that first word, Shema. And, and, and if you were to do like a, a word study, see, every single time it's used in scripture, you're going to notice it is a broad term. It's a broad term because it means three different things. It means to listen uh, in the general sense, to hear sound. It means to pay attention to, to focus in on what's being heard. Um, but most specifically, in its fullest term, it means to respond to what you paid attention to when you were listening. A uh, matter of fact, there's, um, we have different words for that in our English language. For in, in the Hebrew language, it's just shema. You're to listen, pay attention, and respond. There's one word for all of those things. We tend to separate those things. Uh, a matter of fact, I see this play out all the time in my house when I'm talking to my kids and, they, and it comes around their bedtime. Uh, they know that I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to ask you to do something. What I'm going to ask you? And they're like, brush your teeth get pajamas on i'm like right i'm like okay, go brush your teeth and they will go and um, find a toy to play with and they'll go and start playing with each other chasing each other or they'll go and start reading a book and i'll come around and i'm like hey didn't we talk about this like what are you supposed to be doing right now and they're like oh yeah brush your teeth and then oftentimes i'll come around and they're still finding something else to do and all of a sudden i i'm I'm, I want them to recite back to me. I'm like, hey, what what do you think this means? What, what? And they're like, okay, I, I need to do this. I'm like, okay, let's do this right now. And that as a father, I, it's not that I'm really concerned if they're hearing the the noise wavelengths coming out of my mouth, hitting their eardrums. I'm not even that concerned that they're taking that noise in their eardrums and computing it to meaning in their brains. I'm mostly concerned with, are they actually going and acting upon that meaning in their brains from the sound of my mouth? And that is exactly what Shema is. Um, our friends, the Wymore's who pastor Soul Church in San Diego, we were hanging out with them a couple years ago, and I, they had this phrase, I loved it, they used it with their kids. It said, hey, Wymore's, we listen right away, all the way, with a happy heart. I'm like, I'm stealing that. And so we've adopted that with our kids. Like, how do how do we listen? Right away, all the way, with a happy heart. Um, because that's how we are to respond to our parents, is the same way how we respond to our Heavenly Father. And so my invitation to us as we start this series, Church, is to shema, to listen, but not just listen, pay attention, but not just pay attention, to actually respond to the voice of God, which begs the question, well, what is God saying? How do we know what God is saying? So I want to work through these three things. And we're going to obviously dive more in depth in the next few weeks. So just three things to consider: those three things we said. Number one, to to listen. There's two things, without a shadow of a doubt, we can listen to all the time. Number one is the Holy Scriptures, and number two is the Holy Spirit. This is our clearest line of communication to what God is saying. If we don't understand what God is saying through the Scriptures, anything else we think He might be saying. Uh, we'll be guessing at best but the more we see God's voice through the scriptures not only can we check to see does this line up with the God we see in scripture but we begin to start sensing his character his nature a matter of fact second Timothy second Timothy 3:16 says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Think about that. Every time you open up the scriptures, you're going to read words that have been breathed out by God. I mean, I think about how excited I get for like a a new season, a new episode of a podcast or a TV show. But I have every opportunity to sit down and listen to the words that have been breathed out by God. Now, the second thing is not only do we have the Bible, but we have the Holy Spirit who illuminates the Scripture. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, we could have the entirety of Scripture lost, the meaning lost. We need the Holy Spirit not only to reveal the original meaning, but to reveal what God is wanting to do in us and through us. John 16, before Jesus died on the cross and ascended into heaven, says that when the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you, and that the Father has His mind. Therefore I said that He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. The role of the Holy Spirit is to reveal, to illuminate the heart and the Word of God for the glory of Jesus. And so those two ingredients are, are, are step one. They're the foundation for how we hear God. It is the Holy Scriptures and the Holy Spirit. And we have access to them right now. So lean into those things. Number two, it's, it's, but it's not enough just for us to listen, to read. We have to pay attention. Um, one of my favorite quotes I've, I've been saying often comes from John Tyson, who's a pastor in New York City. And he says that attention leads to adoration, but distraction leads to disillusionment. That idea of what we give our attention to, paying attention, will lead ultimately to our adoration, our love, our affection. And this is the goal. Um, 1 Timothy 4.13 says, Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Uh, This is the posture of the follower of Jesus. It's not just to hear, uh, whether it's this video recording or podcast, whatever you're listening to right now. It's It's to lean in, to pay attention, not just to what I'm saying, but to what the Scriptures are saying, which ultimately lends us to what is God speaking to us? What is the Spirit illuminating to us through His Word? So a couple of ways that we can do this. Uh, number, number one, one of the things I love about the Lectio Divina Journal is it encourages us before you read the Bible just to sit for 60 seconds in silence. Just stop and just quiet your heart, quiet the noise around you. And notice you are, and recognize you are about to engage in the God-breathed text. It is a gift. Um, so I'd encourage you to enter into scriptural reading contemplatively. This contemplation leads to action. What we give our attention to will lead us into a place place of action and adoration. The um, second thing I'd encourage you to do is, is is to have times, we talked about this last week, of silence and solitude. It's not enough just to read and move on. So whether you journal it, pray it, uh, think about it, meditate on it. The, the word for meditation in, in the Bible literally means to rehearse over and over, to chant over and over again, to mull over. We need to pay attention to that. And lastly, to Shema, it's not enough just to listen, to read your Bible, to pray. It's not enough just to pay close attention and to lean in if we never respond we have to live in such a way that we we pay close attention to how we live out what god is speaking i think it is fascinating that in the most famous sermon jesus ever gives the sermon on the mount he ends it with this instructions Everyone then who hears these words of mine, who shema's, and does them, will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. How do you you find that house being built on the rock? You do what has been said. You obey. You shema the word of God. What is? What has God said? I think so. Oftentimes we think like, what is God speaking to me about this situation, this circumstance? But I, and we'll get to that. But but what has God said in His Word? Are you obeying what He has told you about how to live, the thoughts to think, the words you are to say? Do you care about what He has said in His Word? about how to live the abundant life of Christ. Because if you are not obeying that, and yet you're complaining about not hearing God, the problem is not that God is not speaking. The problem is that we have failed to respond. We ought to consider, look into, but ultimately live out what God has said. That is what it means to Shema. And, And so for us, I want I at want to end just reading that again. And as we read it again, that we would think about, is this something that I am just hearing on an audio recording? Is this something I'm listening to attentively? Or is this something I'm going to live out? So here it is again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. I wanted to conclude with something that has personally been um, rather life-changing for me as I've been studying this word Shema and the use of it in Scripture. In Psalm 27, verse 7, it says this, Hear my voice when I call, Lord, David says. So it reads like this, Shema, my voice. Did you know that God shema's? We're not only to shema. God shema's to us. He listens to us. What a, what a wild thing. Listen to the next part of the verse. Shema my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and respond to me. The psalmist's expectation in the request for God to hear him is his response to him in mercy. So I just want to end our time, um, not only with the exhortation for us to be people who hear the voice of God, but also God hears our voice. What a, what a beautiful covenant relationship we get to have, that we as His children, get to listen and respond to our Heavenly Father, and yet our heavenly Father listens and responds to us. What a gift. What are those things in your life and in your heart that you have just stopped praying because you don't think anyone's listening? Can I encourage you? God hears your prayer. His answer and response might look different and might come in different timing, but He hears us and He delights when we call upon Him. So let's lean into a life of Shema and also an expectation that we have a God, a Heavenly Father, who listens as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray. I'd encourage you to join me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that right now as I pray and as whoever is listening is praying, uh, you hear us. You shema. You don't just hear us from a distance. You respond. You move towards us. Lord, would we do the same? God, would we quiet our hearts? God, would we quiet the noise of our life in such a way that we could listen we could pay attention, and we could respond to what you're saying so that we will live lives that love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, I pray for every person who's watching right now who has deep desires, um, concerns, laments. God, would you hear their cry? Would you respond to them? We know you will. Whether you would respond to them in your mercy. Jesus, have mercy thank you, Lord, that you are not far. God, you are near to the brokenhearted. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.